Welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. Jeremy is our last uh, episode of Heist Movies. It is. Episode 150 of the Deuce Podcast. Uh, this movie is from the creative minds that brought you Father-Son Chat with Alan Thick and the 93rd Academy Awards. It's Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. It is. Yes. You don't know the comedy short Father Chat, Father-Son Chat with Alan Thick. I don't. You don't? No, I don't. I don't either, but the writer of this movie directed that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Starring Alan Thick. Well, yeah, it has yeah. to be good then. But I guess the son's not Alan Thick's son? It's not really his son? No, it's he... Jake Regal. Oh. From Scorpions. What? <laughs> okay, whatever. So... Not the band, <laughs> not... the TV show. So he didn't do <laughs> didn't do this interview with Robin Thick. No, right? No. We got some blurred lines. I don't know. <laughs> For sure. Anyway, if you enjoyed that content, you'll enjoy the rest of this episode. If you haven't shut it off already. No, people are fascinated by that. No, no one's fascinated by that. We're doing heist movies, and we have heisted this this episode. We've taken over this episode by not talking about any heist uh, or whatnot. What do you want to say about this movie? Um, that hasn't been said before. This is an all-star cast. Oh, that hasn't been said before? Yes. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> this no is one, one of those, like, but it is in the vein of, like, the 70s, 60s, 70s movies where you get those all-star casts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it tries it a tries to too be. hard to do that. Right. Stylistically wise, it, um, it definitely is. This movie, of course, is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Academy Award winner Steven Soderbergh, also Academy Awards uh, all around in this movie. One for Julia Roberts, not for this movie, but people who are in this movie who are yep. Academy Award winners. George Clooney, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Damon, um, yep. Bernie Mac. No, I'm just joking. Uh, he's not in the Academy Brad Pitt. Award. Brad Pitt, correct. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. George Clooney. George Clooney. And for, I said George Clooney. Uh, but not Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, but not Bruce Willis. And there's Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Forgot about yeah. that. Uh, but not Andy Garcia. No, but his Harry Back won an Academy Award. <laughs> you ever not, seen Andy Garcia? Not, he is a very hairy gentleman. Really? Very, very much so. I, you know what? Like it makes sense. Yeah. Andy, you know, but I just I never picture Andy Garcia as a furry dude. Probably because you never see him. You know, without his shirt in a lot of movies. Yeah, mostly I just see him as as like role like this, where he's like, "I'm Al Pacino Jr." (laughs) Hi, I'm Al Pacino Light. I'm Andy Garcia, and of course Don Cheadle. When you can't get Al Pacino, or you don't want in Don Cheadle, and Hotel Rwanda's (laughs) Don Cheadle. That's correct. Who hasn't won any kind of reward? Which is um. You know, a shame, but yeah. uh, you know he dabs uh, a lot in TV nowadays. Yeah, not really much in movies, you would say. Um, do we have a plot synopsis for this heist movie? Do we ever? This is a heist movie to end all heist movies. Would you say? I would. Yes, even though it, it didn't. is definitely going to end our series. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I 
uh, the only reason I'm reading this one is because I like the way it's written. (laughs) Because it made me laugh. Probably not the best of the ones, but here we go. Three years after pulling an impossible heist of a three-casino vault, Daniel, uh, of a three-casino vault, Daniel Ocean's, uh, my God, this is, Daniel Ocean's 11 plus wife Tess have been found and fingered by Terry Benedict. Wait, did he call, wait, his character's name isn't Daniel Ocean's 11. (laughs) Like did they did they write it like after, that? Three years after pulling an impossible heist of a three casino vault, and this person needs to learn how to use punctuation. Daniel Ocean's eleven. <laughs> he's not the twelfth. He's not the eleventh. Daniel, Daniel Ocean. Ocean eleven. Daniel's. Well, I think he's saying Daniel Ocean's eleven team of eleven people. Oh, gotcha. Plus wife Tess have been found and fingered by Terry Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> have they been fingered? <laughs> Well, <laughs> by that hairy ape, it's hard. It's hard to say. Tested date him in the first movie. <laughs> uh, Mr. Benedict has promised the provider of the information to show restraint and give the clan two weeks to repay the clan. The, the the clan. Two weeks to repay him with interest to the tune of over one hundred ninety million dollars. Without a job that can provide that kind of payoff. The gang must accept the challenge of premier thief Francois Delure to see who can steal a famous work of art first and claim the title of greatest thief ever. Ooh. It's a thief off. It's a thief off. Wow. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> it was next to the Pacific and the Atlantic. Uh, to the Pacific and the Atlantic and yeah. Billy. Yes. Daniel's my favorite ocean. So that's your fourth favorite. It's my fourth favorite ocean. Okay. No, it's Frank Ocean, then Daniel Ocean. No, it's Frank Ocean, then Ocean Spray, then Daniel Ocean. Okay. The Arctic Ocean is in there somewhere? No. Okay. Fuck that ocean. Too frigid. Fuck that ocean. (laughs) Fuck that ocean. The Pacific has a lot. Speaking of, Ocean's 12. (laughs) Oh what do you gosh. start in this movie? I guess you start at the beginning. And the beginning is about an hour of of, of introduction of, um, you would say, exposition of Andy Garcia's character of finding the Ocean's Eleven game. Yeah, so it's it's like going through... Um, so it's kind of showing you where Danny and Tess are Yeah, when Andy Garcia catches up to them. And uh, it saying he seems wants to... that he's on the straight and narrow, and that everyone else is kind of that way too, in a way. Um, yes and no. Some people, yeah, like are. yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, uh, they have like um, Andy Garcia finds him. Tess says like a code word on the phone, and so he takes off and just flees. So this is something about, behind. like, there's a leak in the basement yeah, and, and something else. Burners on or something. I don't yeah. know. Some stupid, and the pilot light is out. The pilot light is out or something. And it's leaking. Yeah. And so he and leaves. And leaking plot in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves her uh, there and escapes. Mm-hmm. And meet, tries to meet up with everybody else. But in the meantime, Andy Garcia has found everybody. And so he, it's just like how you always have the Assemble the crew montage. Yeah, but it goes on. It's forever. the same thing, but it's Andy Garcia going to see right. each of them. Yeah, 
and some pain. Oh, there was something more at the beginning, too. Uh, mm. At the very beginning, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see him. He's in Rome. This is a while ago. He's in Rome uh, with Catherine Zeta-Jones. He comes back to his apartment, and she's sleeping. And when in Rome? Do as Kirk Douglas does. (laughs) (laughs) Get lockjaw? Wait, what? No. no. Go ahead. Michael Douglas, not Kirk Douglas. Yes. Did you say Kirk Douglas? Yes, I did. Wow. She likes him old, not that old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the she likes the razzle dazzle. Spartacus on the mind still. (laughs) Spartacus. Um, the uh, so she's a detective with Interpol, and she's talking about a Europol, not Interpol. Oh, Interpol. Interpol. It's just Europol. Yeah, it's Europol. Uh, It's It's not even Interpol. Dumber. It's It's not even even the indie band Interpol. Okay. It's not even. Well, the Interpol would cover the entire world. This is uh, whatever. So, but she's it's talking Europol. about a criminal that they're tracking down. Which is real. I mean, Europol. Yeah, I know. You know, and Interpol is also an indie band. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's I'm talking just about a criminal. To my joke, that's all. Which makes it a great. <laughs> Which makes it even better. <laughs> let me go back and explain that. Let in me get, in let detail. me go back and explain how I hijacked that joke. <laughs> At the beginning, before we even yep. started recording. Yes. Well done. It was all a con. This it whole was time. all a con. Con con. You son of a bitch. With I'm Scott in. con, James con's son, <laughs> who's also part of this movie. Um, yeah, but Brad Pitt Book goes em, home. Dano. Book him, Brad Pitt goes home, and Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is talking about um, how they're after this criminal... And you can tell this and this from his boot prints and whatever. Yeah, and you see, whether like, he has dandruff. Yeah, and so you can really... Sponsored by they found a hair, Blue. This, which, movie, this movie was sponsored by Selsom Blue. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say because it was filled with flakes. Yes. <laughs> they, they, uh, <laughs> so he, uh, yes. she starts talking about how it's just a matter of time before they catch the person. And he knows that it's him. And so he just like jumps out the window to yes. escape. And, and it, it does pauses. This, it does this weird like freeze frame like seventies a la Butch Cassidy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance right? Kid. Like, that's what or, it reminds me of. You know, in a singing way. or not singing in the rain. Uh, yeah. um, no, yes, singing in the rain. Like in the raindrops keep raindrops falling. Raindrops keep falling. Yeah. B.J. Thomas. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so like, I want to say B.J. Honeycut, but that's bad. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It's my favorite kind of ham. <laughs> <laughs> He's B.J. Honeycut. B.J. Honeycut ham. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Oscar Meyer, get yeah, on that. BJ Honeycutt Ham. Why not? Um No, so that's how it opens. Mm-hmm. So we know that like oop, he's already tangled up with somebody who's gonna cause problems. Tangled up in blue. Yeah. Sell some blue. <laughs> <laughs> um so everybody gets together and they, they figure out how much money they've yeah can pay back and how with much interest still, oh, because yeah. you know, he's like, I'll give you what two weeks or whatever it is yeah he gives them pay him back yeah which is really shitty i think because he's because the insurance has already paid him back yes so he's kind of i mean they he's double dipping but he's double dipping yeah you know what i mean but that that has been um that was the same in all the stuff we've watched where the where the guy that they screw from the first movie comes back we we talked about all these heist movies are like that right 
Yeah, the second the second of each of these has yeah. been where the original grifted guy comes back to like be involved with some plot to like take the others out. Like he's mad that he got swindled. Yes. And so they don't just you get know? away with it. Like the person always comes back to exact something else. Yeah. And so like uh but they always like come back and are like trying to be complicit to be either be like, I'll get my money back or I'll yeah. destroy them. But I think in each of them too, like insurance paid them. Yes. And they're always are like like they always are walking with so much confidence that it's like bigger than their britches kind of way. Yeah. The way their swagger is, right? Yeah. And also it just doesn't kind of like set well with me yeah. for a character to be like that. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, you've already been paid. Yeah. You know, insurance has is, is set you okay with it. And now granted, they shouldn't have, you know, been doing this, but whatever. You know what I mean? I guess yeah. the the other person would be uh, Michael Caine in the first. Yeah. Now you see me, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? Mike- Again, the same thing. Like, I'm invincible. I'm going to get these guys back. Well, and, and the heist too. Heist too. And uh, in the other one, they both did that. And don't forget in the Thomas Crown Affair too, which never came out. Yeah, probably. We got screwed from that sand, the windmills on my mind song. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan just later would become Bond. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. They he they did write a Thomas Crown Affair too, but oh, they yeah. never they filmed it. But yeah. But back to Ocean's 12, yes. where we are on a heist. Yeah. And we're getting the team back together Yeah, to repay Andy Garcia's character. Yeah. So let's see if I can kind of high level run this down. Yes, please. Because it's very, like, the plot is so convoluted. It's yes. too much. Yeah. Like, we can skip so much of this, Soderbergh. By the way, this is Soderbergh's favorite... Uh, Ocean's movie. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh, he says it's his favorite Ocean's movie. And it's the public's least favorite. Yes. It's I think so it's, Yes. It's your sex lies on videos tapes. Uh, it's okay. So just Oops. high level. Sorry. So they. It's boring. <laughs> so they, they set out to basically steal this Fabergé egg. Well, they, they're doing small jobs. They get through the first one and they yeah, realize they've jobs. been, they got, uh, with what's his face? Out thieved by Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, well, yeah. So he's the guy who sets him up with a mm-hmm. job. But they realize he's been out thieved by this guy, the Midnight Fox or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. uh, or the Shadow Fox. I can't remember what he's called. The Shadow Fox. I don't yeah, know. Fox Catcher. <laughs> yes, that's yes. the one. Yeah. So the Fox and the Hound. Go, uh, you're a wrestler. <laughs> you're a wrestler. So he gets there first. And then when they go to, basically, they challenge him and steal something from his house, he says, let's have, a, like, a, a, you know, thief off to see who's the better. <laughs> and so, because somebody commented that he was... It's the, dick swinging. It's, yeah. He, somebody commented that Danny so Ocean dumb. was the best thief. Yeah. And uh, Lamarck, who is uh, the Fox's, like... Uh, mentor mm-hmm. didn't correct them no and so he's out to challenge to say that no i'm the i'm the best and he's like this rich boy who's always had everything and he's more of just like doing it for the thrill right and so 
he uh they decide they're going to do this thing and so whoever can get this faberge egg first wins and so uh it it goes to they all like set up this huge plan to get in there they realize that Catherine Zeta Jones is also fucking with their plan because she made Rusty and Danny and I think one of the other characters. And there's some weird stuff like one of the characters. Maybe Linus. Uh, she made um, the the Grease Man. Oh, the Grease Man. Yeah. What's yeah, his yeah. name? Um, oh, um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't think Yen of his name. Is yeah, a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they made Yen. Uh, Played by Shabo Quinn. Mm-hmm. So, but they they nabbed him. Oh, God, no, he. So that she sees them. So like, well, we have to get out of here. And then there's this weird thing where he gets smuggled out in a suitcase and goes to the wrong country or something. And like, it's just weird. Bernie Mac gets put in jail. That never even comes back. Does he even come back? That yeah. part. Yeah, okay. he comes back. No, he comes back, but they don't. Do they but, do not use him correctly? No, they don't. Well, he doesn't really have a lot to do in this. No, one. no, no. And, but neither does Bernie Mac, right? And so they sideline him early. He's in jail for most of the movie. I don't know. It's probably because it's dialogue heavy. Yeah, this movie is and not action. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah well, and uh, everybody else gets. Um. They they go to pull the heist off using a holographic egg, mm-hmm. and uh, they go and snag it. But Catherine Zeta Jones manages to, or actually, first they all just are going in, and Catherine Zeta Jones has every almost everybody arrested. Right. So then the only Matt, people I think Linus, yeah, steps Linus on the line. and Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle, Bash, and uh, Scott Con. Yeah, are the only ones left. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they come up with a plan where they're going to grift using uh, Tess, Tess to play Julia Roberts. Oh, I don't know. Is that what she she was playing? Yeah. She was supposed to she was supposed to be Julia Roberts. She yeah. looks nothing like Julia Roberts. I know. She looks nothing like. No, nothing. And like the part of me is like I don't like that. I don't know if I do or not. No. Nah. There's, there's a little part of me that's like I think I'm more like done correctly. It would work. I think I'm. I think I'm more like, hey, good for you, Julia Roberts, for doing this. Like I'm more okay with her. Correct. I think it's fun for her. For her. But it kind of pisses me off that this is even in the script. It pisses me off that this is part of a plot. Yeah. To a heist movie. Yeah. Where it shouldn't be. Yeah. That we're that we're we're it having some woman that's supposed to look bit. like Julia Roberts. I mean, does it? It takes me no, out of it. It takes it takes you out of it. Yeah. Correct. It, it, it very much does. What also takes you out of it is that at the hotel that the, they're like, Julie Roberts is coming, um, is Bruce Willis. Now, Bruce Willis is playing um, a character that he normally plays in every movie called Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's a character he plays in every movie except Unbreakable. Um, and even that movie is, he's pretty Bruce Willis-y. Yeah. But... In this movie, he plays Bruce Willis. Again, kind of takes you out of the movie in a way. In a little bit. But I think it takes you a little less out of the movie. Because he yeah. is Bruce Willis. As yeah. opposed to like someone that is. Now, Bruce Willis auditioned... Or no, was supposed to be uh, Danny Ocean. Yes. Originally. originally. But time commitment uh, and his um, lackluster sales and 
uh, the movie Mercury Rising. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, probably didn't help. Uh, so he was not uh, Daniel Ocean. What do you think about him being Danny Ocean, by the way? Can, um, you, can you imagine it? Can I imagine it? Yeah, I can. It's just a different movie. I think with, I think the chemistry with the other actors would be lost yeah. in a way. Especially with, with Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and all that. I don't yeah. think you have the same cast if you have Bruce yeah. Willis. Well, okay, so if you have Willis, then I don't think Rusty and Linus work. Right, I don't I th- think, they, I think, I think for, they, then I don't everything think changes do on down. And the only thing I can right. see really staying the same is Julia Roberts. Right, and Elliot Gould. Yeah. He needs work. Yeah. <laughs> they maybe no, they would replace joking. him with Danny Aiello. Oh, good one. Also read that there are many people that guest starred on Friends in this movie: Julia Roberts, yeah. uh, Bruce Willis, yeah. George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to assume someone else. I just can't think of it. Maybe Matt Dillon was Matt or Matt Damon. Maybe or did Matt Dillon too from Rumblefish? Probably. Rumblefish is Matt Dillon. Humblefish? The um he would tell you when he's humblefish. Yes. The uh so, so um <clears throat> so but then they get picked up as they switch out the Fabergé egg. Right. And then they learn that it was already she's, taken. In real life she was pregnant. Julia Roberts was pregnant, so they yeah. wrote that in there. Yes. That's probably why you don't get a lot be, of her. Yeah. In this until the end of the movie. And a lot of what we see is her concealed or from the waist up. Kind right. Of. Or with a pad yeah. in her belly or supposedly. Yes. Whatever. She was pregnant with twins at the time. Yeah. Which is really funny because like there's a moment where Bruce Willis says, where's Danny? And I'm like, what? Like, is he breaking character? Like saying Danny Ocean? But her real husband is yes. Danny. And I think, think of that. And I was like, duh. He's a cinematographer. Yeah, anyway. I had to. I had to look that up because I was like, "Wait, what the hell did he just say?" And I couldn't remember who her husband was. What an was. awful, like, unfortunate, like, coincidence. Yeah, right. Because that, that takes you out. out of, that took me out of it. Yeah, in a way. Well, it, but it almost like again, it takes you out, but it almost like worked okay because mm. Julie Roberts goes, Tess goes, "What? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Danny, yes, Danny. Like meaning like not Danny Ocean. Yeah. And so like it was a. It was conveniently. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's. I have such a love hate relationship with this bit. Well, it's because it's Julia Roberts, and people yeah. have a love hate relationship with her. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I enjoy her doing it, but I also am like, ah, come on, it just seems kind of whatever. But they wouldn't have. I don't know. It if seems gotten cheap. Away with it this. seems like it's not. Yeah. the right thing for this movie. Um, but this whole movie is kind of cheap. Yeah, not cheaply made. No, it's oh no, it very looks expensively <laughs> made. I'm just saying cheap wise, as far as like technique wise of using her, yes, as Julia Roberts to move the plot along, seems very convenient, a little too convenient. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, and then, so they get arrested, also. Mm-hmm. Um. And so everybody's in jail, and finally, uh, an agent played by Cherry Jones. Cherry Jones comes up, the wonderful Cherry Jones, I love and uh, basically balls out Catherine Zeta Jones for forging some forms. Mm-hmm. 
and then goes and she's going to she gives Linus the option of flipping on everybody else and he's been kind of <clears throat> he was he's been kind of in this movie I think like less sure of himself than the other one like he he's seemed a like he was in a way he seemed like he was ready to come up in the first one and in this one he's more of like that annoying kid brother where you're mm-hmm. like no you're not ready um and uh i think part of the what i read was because matt damon was just like don't put me in this very much and soderbergh is like fuck you that's not how the script is, and that's not what's great. Gonna we're going to pitch you in every scene. Is that well, okay? He wanted to. He we just came off the Bourne movies. We came off the Bourne movies, which was actually uh, written by the same guy yeah. who wrote this, and so he didn't want to. do And as the same, much. and he directed um, Father and Son chat with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't want to do as much with it because he was so exhausted, and they're like, "You can't back out of this. Like you're integral to the script, and we can't change all of that." And so they made him do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it even added in a scene where he asks if he can be in the grift more <laughs> than have a bigger <laughs> role than he was before. Right. They added that in afterwards, I think. Right, that's funny. Um, so they get picked up. Cherry, Do you think he was reading he, that and he was like, fuck. Yeah. He okay, flips on the so. group and Cherry Jones is then going to extradite all of them. So uh, they take them away. But then you realize Cherry Jones is actually Linus's mother. Yes. And originally it was going to be his father. Clint Eastwood was going to play his father. Well, they which... did film, I thought, Peter Fonda as his father, but then they cut that. Well, originally it was, but going, originally to be it was going to be Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yes. Which I think is terrible. Terrible. Oh, terrible. Acting. Terrible like, casting. Yes. Because what was he then? Like, Because now Clint Eastwood's what? 100 and... 70? <laughs> yes. So he would have been 70 then. I almost would have liked to see, like... This movie was 100 years old. Um, According to my math. You know, kind of like a... I almost would like to see kind of like a Popeye Doyle kind of... Gene Hackman? Yeah, like a, his dad be Gene Hackman or mm, something. To me, that makes sense. It's better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but no, like, I loved it seeing Cherry Jones in this. And so, like, seeing her interact with Matt Damon, too, mm. I was like, oh, I love you, Jerry Jones. But, I know, right? Um, but so she busts out, and you're like, oh, it's all part of the thing. So they knew mm. she was she was coming in there. And, like, at one point, they kind of all look at each other, and you're like, wait, is something happening? So they split up and go different directions. And uh, Rusty's vehicle is going towards, uh, breaks off from the others, and is going towards this airstrip. So Catherine Zeta-Jones follows them and then uh on the other side uh danny and tess's vehicle breaks off and goes to uh goes to see uh the fox to lures place mm-hmm. and so he's she's waiting there with them what does the fox say He's French. So he goes, uh, so they're talking. He goes, tell you what, uh, I will like undo all this stuff. I'll pay whatever. I'll, I'll do whatnot. If you say I'm the best thief in the world. Right. Now are we because you you said the Catherine Zeta Jones 
Uh, are, when, are we keeping that? Because um, you, you didn't talk about how he um, brought Catherine Zeta-Jones to uh, Big Fish Guy. Oh, well, so of, they go to the... Can't well, think of his name. They go to the airport. Yes. And so uh, what you learn is... Albert Finney. God, I can't Albert think of his Finney, name. Yeah. I was going to say Brooks. Albert Brooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> ah, yes, it's, uh, me. Uh, it's me. It's me. It's me. I'm your father. I'm your father. <laughs> I didn't want to be, but I guess I am. Well, I'm your father. Is that no. your Albert Brooks? <laughs> Albert Brooks. That's your Albert Brooks? He has a weird pacing with how he says stuff. I can't do the voice, but his wow. pacing is... You need to watch broadcast news more. Maybe you do. Your Maybe I've you, watched, you doing, you I've watched Defending Your Life at least seven times. Uh, why were you touching your glasses? He doesn't wear fucking glasses. <laughs> you were doing Woody I Allen. I was pushing my glasses up. Lies. That is not a lie. <laughs> You take it back. I'm Albert Brooks. I'm Albert Brooks. I'm Albert Brooks. This is Black Athos. Just spot on. I'm, this is my Albert Brooks. Brooks. Nose. <laughs> Defending your life, Albert Brooks. Harold <laughs> uh, Street. <laughs> where he just always says his movies he's in. <laughs> that's, that's my impression of him. He just goes down his list of movies. Albert Brooks. So anyway, but no, the, uh, so first off, the fox tells them that, uh, (laughs) the the fox tells them that, uh, he snuck in and the way he did that was he just like brute forced his way through. Like he, he basically like broke, break danced his way through the lasers. Oh, whatever. For, okay, I guess and we so. talked about it for like 10 minutes. We watched him do it. Oh, my God. He gets through these lasers and they're like, oh, OK. Hey, I think Catherine Zeta-Jones taught him that. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and the thing that got me was earlier. They're like, you can't do that because it's random. Right. That's what I'm he, like. He knew the you... path to do all of that. It's random. So you knew how random it would be. That yeah. You could do. I'm going to do a, a headstand. If he would right have explained here. with it's not truly random. You have to watch for this or something. Like, I'd have been like, okay, cool. Like, he's oh, very like smart. The, or, like the the 80s pressure lock board? Yes, exactly. Had a pattern? Exactly. Like, he's good okay. at patterns or something like that. Oh. Would have made sense to me. Okay. Um, but so, uh, so Tess and uh, Danny are like, oh, yeah, you're the greatest thief, all right. And they get up and are like, now we want our money. And he goes, what? He's like, no, because I was the greatest thief. Yeah. And then he kind of stops and they're like, like no. No. He goes, wait, what do I have? And they go, the replica. Now, here, the audience has been sitting in this movie for what? You know, an hour and 30 yeah. fucking minutes. We watched an hour of just the assemble yeah. of the team from Andy Garcia. Yes. That alone. Then just the whole stupidity and the whole improviness of Brad Pitt and George Clooney and Matt Damon and like just all that. And all of a sudden George Clooney is going to tell you a little bit about the fact that none of that matters. Yeah. The whole fucking thing that you watched does not fucking matter. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about this movie. You know, when he says, Oh, you have a replica. We have the original. Yeah. But this is how, but it's yeah. When he explains how, which is, they went and saw Lamarck ahead of this whole thing, and he played by Albert Finney. Yes, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, like you, sorry, I I didn't mean for this to happen, guys." 
Here's how you find the original. So they got Gaming it. Albert Brooks. I'm Albert Brooks. Yeah, that's the one. So they got the egg before any of this started. And so the only reason they did all of the train or yes. they did the museum robbery thing was to set all of for, this up for show and to get people into place so that they could get Catherine Zeta Jones to go see Lamarck, who is actually her father. She thought was dead. That's it. That was it. It was all. It was all to get the all only this thing stuff. You, just bring me my daughter. Yeah, all for a daughter. Yep. Coincidentally, that was with Brad Pitt at the beginning. Yes. Who bought him Selsum Blue for his dandruff? <laughs> so it's like just saying it was. It's very convoluted. It's convoluted, and it's very much like it thumbs and nose in your face when it shouldn't, and says well, what you're watching doesn't mean a damn yeah so like thing. T- and they even tess even said she was in the dark on it so she didn't know mm-hmm. and so everybody like this is like an elaborate too elaborate yeah and, you know? and there were there were some flaws in it like i'm assuming the rest of the because the rest of the teammates are in on it they have to be but they also have a scene where like they're nervous about how they proceed to the next step after right. some of them were arrested so how are you nervous about that? Why are you nervous? About, you know that the plan is to yeah. do this, to do that, that they're going to get arrested. Yeah, and so maybe I can see you guys acting that way around Tess when she's there so that she's not wise. But not to each other. But to each other seems strange. Right. And so it's just like... It just seems like they're like, we wrote ourselves into a corner, like we've talked about before in these these movies. Mm-hmm. How do we get out of it? Here, we'll just quickly write you yeah. know, this... You know, and I'm like, it just pisses me off. And and like, I'm sure it pisses like, and I'm a person that like, you can give me like an ending where it doesn't re- re- resolve anything and it leaves it up to the imagination, right? Yeah. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Some people aren't fine with that. Yeah. But this, no, this so, is crap. I think that I think that this thing suffers from some very slow. It's slow. It and it's like, um, like there's a scene where, um, they go. Dana gets a wake up call, and it's because it's you know the morning of the the theft, and so he's just like uh, morning of the heist, and so he's like, hey, let's get going, and so he goes and wakes Brad Pitt up, and he's like, hey, it's eight, and he's like, or it's five, the morning mm-hmm. of, and he goes, no, it's eleven p.m. Which you wouldn't know to look at your phone or your right watch or anything, or Danny, or a clock anywhere. Like, and so it's just like, oh, so he got basically woken up too early uh, with the fox just messing with him. So he goes and sits in the room with Danny or with uh, Rusty, and they just kind of sit and talk. Mm-hmm. And there's like that guy who's playing Potsy is fantastic, like on French Happy Days, right? Or whatever. And it's like what, like. It's just this long, drawn-out thing that really, like, you could have cut it off after he was like, how many espressos did you have? Five. Also, Come on like, in. Even if you are, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you don't need to be nervous about this. Yeah. You don't even need to be awake for any of this. Mm-hmm. It's part of the plan. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, they still need to five. think on their feet. But yeah, it's but like, still. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Can but, you tell you, like, on IMDb? It tells you like the tags yeah. of the stuff. It says tagged is heist, sequel, pretending to be pregnant, 
father-daughter relationships, references to SpongeBob SquarePants. I just thought I'd read that. Yeah. They do I don't make know a why. reference to SpongeBob. And then this is neo-noir. No. No, it's not. It's not a neo-noir. No. No. It's like Steven Soderbergh was saying, hey, do you like everything from the first movie? Guess what? Yeah. I'm going to make it an indie film on a budget. Yeah. That's huge. And we're going to go to Amsterdam and get high. And then I'm going to give you this piece of shit. So let me. Okay. I don't like this movie. <laughs> so let, it's me, boring. let me ask you this. And, it, and there's, I think it, it suffers a lot with the pacing because there's just like, there's too much of just these like scenes where they're mm. sitting and just, it's a lot of sounds and they're just kind of like. Yeah, and the style of it does not match what it should be. It's not stuff that's moving the story along. It's just Brad Pitt and styling styling it like a seventies kind of kind of movie. Yeah, does not work for me. Yeah, it's cool to look at, but it doesn't set well for the rest for what the movie is supposed to be. Right? Yeah. No. So okay, so here's another thing with, with me. I love scenes in movies where. It's a scene that should be loud and chaotic, mm-hmm. but it's quiet or silent. Like, you know, it's something where it's like, if it was like a big gunfight or something like that, and instead of hearing all of the actual action, you hear like somber music over it or something, or it's mm-hmm. slowed down. Like, sure. Sometimes that can be very impactful. Mm-hmm. Soderbergh does that like 40 times in this fucking movie. Right. And so like, there's there's a scene that I think it's perfect for. They're getting arrested, and there's no words about anything. You just see people trailing Rusty and Danny, and then, like, the people at the museum who are going for the actual heist. And so you know that, like, these arrests are going down. It's this very thing where it could be chaotic, and they're probably screaming, or, you know, like, there's probably sounds of police Mm -hmm. around. But it's all silent while it's happening, or just has, like, a little bit of ambient sound to it. And I like that, but that wasn't the only time he did that. And so, like, he had that happen other times where stuff was just silent. No no dialogue, no, you know, action sounds or anything. It was just, like, you know, pretentious Euro music. I think he was like, look, and I like Soderbergh. I really do. There's the, He can be hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. But I, I like him. And I get what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm, I do, too. He, it was like, he was like, I really like Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Can I make my own Thomas Crown Affair? Yeah. And I was like, no. No, you can't because that's already been done in the 70s. Yeah. A long time ago. So, no, you can't. Yeah. Let's modernize it a little bit, I just, buddy. I feel like there was pacing issues and, like, sometimes he was... And kudos for him. He's always... Steven Soderbergh is always good for, like, trying stuff out. Right. I'm and he seems to be always cool. kind of, like, a step ahead. Yeah. Which is cool. Things. I'm glad he. I'm glad he swung for the fences on like right. some of these techniques he wanted to like kind of go back and recapture. Yeah, but some of it didn't work, um, and some of it like was paced oddly, and some of it just the story got kind of twisted and convoluted. It, it this movie I think was in desperate need of some editing, mm-hmm. like some self editing by. The directors mm. and the writers and the whatever. Like, they should have... It shouldn't be this long of a movie. No, you could have pared Maybe it a if lot it is, of things it should down. be more action. Yeah, you it. could have pared a lot of things down. Yeah. And even some of the story elements kind of, you know, kind of went back and, and drafted that again. And then had something, I think, that would have... 
Yeah. Been a little stronger. I'm with you though. Like, like Steven Soderbergh does swing, right? Like he takes those big swings. Oh. Kudos for him. Yeah. No, it's not what I'm not. <laughs> but, and you know, for a man that, that, that directed two movies in side a pandemic mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. successfully did it, where no one really was, you know, infected with, uh, yeah. with COVID is so interesting. Which is one of the reasons why they made him the producer of the Academy Awards this year, which didn't did not work which, again. Which was, you know, the Ocean's Twelve of the Ocean's Academy Twelve Award of, of Academy ceremonies. But it's but it is interesting, and it's interesting that he tries to do different things, you know, uh, within um, the realm of what he like. He likes to challenge himself. I think there's a movie shot like through. Um, an Apple phone, I think he did yep. that. Uh, you know, and, and even Traffic, which is an amazing movie, if you go back and really watch it and watch the, the tones, yes. the color tones of it, and that he's telling, it's really three different movies in one. It just does not work here for what he's trying to do. And I get what he's trying to do. It's just lost uh, and, and in translation. As much as, <laughs> as much as we're like, Ugh. I don't think it's the worst movie. Either. I don't think it's the worst movie, but there's, I think it's a worst of, sequel. Plenty of good I think it's things, a bad sequel. Plenty of good things about this. I just don't think it's a. I don't even think it's a bad sequel. It's just not a strong sequel. No, I think this is a fine movie. I think it's a bad sequel. Yeah, I think that this should have been. This shouldn't have been an oceans movie. Yeah, if you're gonna go that route, yeah, you know but what I mean. Then you, I mean, it should have been of like the um, opening thing wouldn't have really made sense. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is, scrap the cast, make it an indie heist move movie that you want to make, and don't make it part of the oceans. Yeah, you know, franchise. Yeah. If you're going to experiment with it, it doesn't. It you should experiment, but not with these actors who are very talented. With with and even the screenwriters, very very talented. Yeah, he directed. Father and Son chat with Alan Thicke. <laughs> you keep coming back to that. I'm just saying, watch it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you want to get in the five questions? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, I do. Okay, then. I'll get to those. So uh, what do you think is the best part of this movie? Um, I'm going to tell you, like, the m- music, when done correctly, was actually okay. But when the music is done wrong in this movie, yeah, it's annoying. Do you know what I mean? There's certain you parts. The soundtrack that... <laughs> the, the soundtrack that uh, Wes Anderson thought was pretentious. For, was too pretentious. <laughs> um, the fact that, like, you get, like, these actors to begin with in the first movie. And then you get them... It's so hard to tell to what's the best part of this movie. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You first, because I cannot tell you what my favorite part is right it, now. Honestly, I think the best part is the cinematography. Yeah, and, and because always, because I think movies it's, always look yes because I think that, I think despite everything else that's going on besides issues with like the soundtrack and the story and the the pacing. All the settings are gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. it's a good movie to look at. Mm-hmm. Like it is a. It's got gorgeous settings. They have all these European settings and like beachfronts, and they find very interesting things to look at. Um, I think that they take some 
swings with like uh, some things like you know you get these like seventies feeling like shots where it's like shakier, mm. or it's a little bit raw, or like it, it focuses in. Or like a car drives by and makes a really loud fire <laughs> sure recording. Wasn't hitting our house. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! Or like the camera just like kind of all of a sudden like zooms really quickly. Yes. Into something. I mean, that's kind of like the '70s style. I agree yeah. with you. The way that his films look aren't. Oh yeah. Exactly like other movies, but they are. They're very Soderbergh esque. Yeah. There, you know, you're watching a yes. Soderbergh movie. I so I think I so think yeah, personally I for me it was like I was never, I was never like off put visually speaking. Like mm-hmm. everything from the visual standpoint was very captivating. Mm-hmm. The, the story left things to be desired, as did the pacing, as did some of the music, as did like there were other issues with it, but like I think that the overall look of it was spot on for me. That's the thing that kept yeah. me at least visually engaged with the picture. Right. Everything else will put you to sleep. I think probably my favorite part of this movie would be, there's a scene with Robbie Coltrane and them where they're going through like, like weird phrases that yeah. they're saying <laughs> yeah. back and forth. And like, it comes to Matt Damon, which I actually am okay with Matt Damon in this movie. Um, but they're, when he just says something, you know, whatever he says, like time is the future and whatever, he says something, you know, arbitrarily, just says something. And they all look at him like weird. He quotes kind of Cas- like from Cashmere. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Which I, is why when Brad Pitt goes out and goes, Cashmere? Oh, okay. I gotcha. I was wondering what he, what yeah. he said. I just don't think that the characters are having fun. I think they're having a vacation. Yeah. Which is different than having fun. Yes. It looks like they're on vacation. Yeah. And then they're doing some scenes here and there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that was fun. And I'm with you on visually looking looking at it. Um, even like... Yeah. Cinematography probably for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you think this movie stands on its own? No. Not, I don't think so no. either. I no. think I think... And nor should it. Because yeah. it's called Ocean's Twelve, and you're bringing people together, and there's so many characters, and there's so many backstories, and there's yeah. so many what you know well, in this. And I think this the common thread with all the heist movies is that the person who comes back and is causing trouble for you and kicking things off is the exposition is guy. The, is the person who was slighted in the first yeah. movie, and so uh, <laughs> none of them have stood on their own because yeah. you have to know who this grifted dude you is. You have to know that guy to be able to. What happens to him? you? They tell you, but you have to kind of know why exactly he really wants his money back. Yes, because. You know, the insurance gave him his money, so no. Yeah. Um, Does this make you want to watch the first one? No. I'll tell you what it makes me want to watch. It makes me want to watch my favorite Oceans movie. What? The Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> That's a heist movie. That is a heist movie. Mm-hmm. And it starts George Clooney. Yep. And has a better soundtrack. <laughs> yes, it does. So, yes. Well, it makes Wes me Anderson's want to watch... Soundtrack. It wanna, makes me want to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, that is a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say so too. And actually, it. I would say this one... I've seen the first one so many times, so it really doesn't make me want to go back and watch the first one. Right. 
but it does make me kind of want to watch 13 and 8. But that wasn't the question. The question I know. Was, I know. Does it make you but want to watch was it one? about Mr. Fox either? It makes me want to watch Mr. Fox. I I answered the question. I said no. And then I said what? It <laughs> I makes said me no want. also. Okay. I'm just saying. The hell? <laughs> no, it does not make me want to watch the first okay. one. But it makes you want to watch the first one. I've already seen it many, many times. Like, I already know what's going on. And, like, this one does not, like, excite me to go back and, like, start the series over. Like, I could, no. I could tell you what happens in the Ocean's Eleven in my sleep. I feel like they're not using what. what what caught fire with the cast in the first one? Yeah. They're not using that correctly here. Yeah. And it seems like in Ocean's 13, I think they're finally kind of getting back to that. I've yeah. never seen Ocean's 13. I just saw the preview that you I showed me. I've seen it once. Um, But yeah. And I've never seen Ocean's 8. Wait, maybe I've seen Ocean's 13. Maybe I saw it for free. Oh, I got free tickets or something. The, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So. I'm I'm interested. So Ocean's Eight. That's the one of the casino. So what's the first? Okay, no, the first one is a casino too, as well. Yeah, so it's like it's Terry Garcia's casino. Yeah, I don't know. I get Terry confused. Terry, whatever his character is. The first name one is. where they build the whole safe. Yes, that's the first one. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes, I've, I'm not really. I've only seen it once. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, not a fan of. Well, we'll go through and watch all. No! <laughs> Does it make you want to no watch one. Ocean's 8, though? I do. Because um, it's a spinoff. Right. And... With Danny's sister. Yeah, Danny's sister, Deborah. Deborah Debbie, Ocean. Debbie Ocean. Debbie Ocean. Debbie Ocean. That sounds like a teen like singer, pop singer from yes, the 80s. Yes, it does. I'm Debbie Ocean. Yeah. Well, okay, so they were originally going to do... Sandy B. They were going to do an Ocean's... 14 or come back later and do it like they wanted to give it some time Mm -hmm. but they said that the carl reiner they no 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 this was uh carl reiner was still around at the time Mm. it was because bernie mac died oh that's true and then and then nobody wanted to like they just kind of were like i don't want to do this without without bernie mac right and they still well (laughs) What do you mean not without Bernie Mac? They did Ocean's 12 without Bernie Mac. <laughs> but he was in he it for like a, two he has seconds. the same issue in, in the first one and in this one. Yeah, like that's he, true. He does his bit and then he's kind of off for... Yeah. He's not as like in there with everybody else. Like everybody else has more that's like true. physical roles really. and he's just more of like, I'm a distraction. Mm. Um, He's more of the... Because he's the inside guy on everything. Mm. Um. But yeah, he uh, after he died, they were like, I don't want to do this without him. And so they kind of tabled it. I think we're thinking maybe they'd come back to it later. But now, like, Carl Reiner is dead as well. And it's like, you know. Elliot Gould is still alive. Yeah, Elliot Gould is still sexy alive. sexy man. <laughs> but they're just like, uh, I don't know. And so I think that they've just kind of given up on that. But mm-hmm. then they did Ocean's 8. And I think that they might do... More of that. Ocean's nine. Yeah, maybe ten, and then two eleven. Well, you know, and then uh, I thought, like, of course, now it's like, uh, maybe instead of doing like, yeah, you won't have Bernie Mac and whoever, but like, what if like you took, hey, the Ocean's eight team and the Ocean's eleven team and kind of like put them together. Yeah, and that way you could get rid of some people that you don't want there anymore and pick up like. 
I know. Hey, I don't want these people from Ocean's Eleven because of they're yes. problematic or you know. Next year, look for Ocean's Twenty One. And they could. I mean, you know. Twenty One is great because you know it's blackjack. casinos, blackjack. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you yeah, do whatever. Speaking of which, reboot, continue, or cancel? Cancel. <laughs> you just cancel it based off this? I'm going to tell you what this movie reminded me of. Like, the fact when they were going, well, we got to pay this guy back, right? Yeah. It's almost like I wanted it to be a TV show without the cast, but just recast it. Yeah. As a TV show where week after week, they have odd jobs where heists. Yes. A la leverage. Kind leverage, of way. yeah. Where they earn money to pay back. So it's like, um, you know, 12 broke guys, you know, instead of two broke girls. Yeah. yeah. Where they have to pay back, you know, what's his bucket? Why not? Yeah. I, you know, I could see, I could see rebooting. But cancel. I could see rebooting as like a TV show, but almost more as like an anthology where each season was a grift. Yes. And it was like maybe a 10 episode thing where you go through and you do the grift and your people have their, it's episodic. And then like next season is a whole other thing or maybe a different team right. or if it's the same team. Six or eight yeah. episodes. But you could also do. You don't want it too long. But you could also do things like anthology wise and go back and do like a 60s thing. So you could almost revisit the original Ocean's Eleven. True. Like the 60s gang. And yeah. And then maybe you still cross it over because then you have like. You know, Elliot Gould's so character when he's young. So you're or, doing it a la Fargo yes. in a way. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be, I think that would almost be a good way to carry this on as opposed to. Yeah. I don't think a movie. I don't. Yeah. No. So. Um, There's that whole joke. You can't get girls to do oceans because they would bitch at each other for, you know, they would talk behind each other's back. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Wait, what? You know that joke? Like, no. Like, oh, oh, you can't have an Ocean's Eleven of girls because they'll just complain about each other behind their backs. I'm like, shut up, you sexist comic. Who said that? Uh, some sexist comic. Oh, sexist comic. Oh, you sexist, sexist comic. comic. Oh, you're worse than the comic with a bag over his Ooh. head. You know, the bag guy comic <laughs> that Terrible. was on the laugh show that was, anyway. on, that was on the gong show or whatever it was, <laughs> whatever yeah. It was. yeah do we have a couple the more unknown questions? comic the unknown is... comic yes yeah. yes speaking of which your unknown yes. comic who said the misogynistic thing about ocean <laughs> i don't know if he was <laughs> okay um yeah. lastly sum up your experience in two words um pointless grift this is a point the whole thing's pointless the movie like like if you're gonna do twists if you're gonna do all that jazz make it make the payoff worth something this is not worth this this is like erasing everything you just watched and that's not fun for an audience at least it's not fun for me to watch like i just invested my time i invested my popcorn my movie ticket no, I didn't. Yeah, right. I just watched it on HBO Max. Big deal. And But I invested my time watching this yeah. for entertainment. And you slapped me over the head and you said, nope, this is what it is. Yeah. And that's not fair. Not for my popcorn. Yeah. Uh, so I would say Ocean's shelved, shelved, 
Sorry, I couldn't say it. I'm going to take my headphones no, off. No, don't. Anyway, but no, like, this is a movie that I think, like I said, with some editing, with some going back and tweaking some things, I think would have been a great, like, sequel. I think it could have been. This movie has potential. Well, anything could have been a well, good sequel. No, some things can't be. Some things are How just, do you know? Some like, things are name, just fucking name one, terrible. Name one that couldn't have been a good sequel. Thanks, Killing. Okay. But the, whatever. <laughs> no, there's some movies that just shouldn't be fucking sequels. They just should not be story. sequels to their respective movies. We've seen plenty of movies where they weren't supposed to be the sequels. They That's true. Horn them in, right? That's true. But um, I think this I can one name, like, could Monsters have... Inc. Like that yeah. Monsters University. Yeah, should Monsters University. Happen. I mean, this this movie, I think, had the potential to be really good and to be like that like yes we kept up the feeling and the mm-hmm. emotion and the momentum from the I, first I get one you. yeah but due to the pacing issues mm-hmm. due to some of like the the scripting issues and to, the like, plot there's problems I mean, with the cast yeah. like there's problems like matt damon doesn't really want to be there yeah it just was like it's like i think there was, it just there was a bunch of gel at the right time yeah there's just a bunch of small things that they needed to really i think almost kind of set this project mm-hmm. on the shelf for just a little bit. Like don't, don't just permanently like put it in development hell, but like, yeah, maybe you needed to walk away from well, it for a little bit. Well, needed to do leather heads or something. <laughs> this is something where I think maybe you needed to walk away and come back at it with a fresh set of eyes or something and go like, Hey, I think I need to fix these things of it. I agree. Uh, yeah, it's Soderbergh one because it's the most Soderbergh of the Soderbergh. It's very Soderbergh-y. It's so Soderbergh-y. Soderberger? Soderberger. Soder is yes. Soderberger is where you eat a hamburger. Is my where, like it's like it half thinks... half the size of the patty. It's where... but like the bun is way <laughs> too big. <laughs> And you just pause when you bite it. Is that what a soda burger is? That's a soda burger. I just thought it was like, you know how like when you get someplace and they're like, it's a butter burger because the buns are cooked with butter in them. Yeah, true. I just figured this was one where they were like, here's your burger. And they just dunked it in some soda. soda. Yeah. So you can get your, I don't even have to chew it that hard. It's already soft. (laughs) It's already soft. It's already sopping wet. Mm, Yum. It's got got Dr. Pepper in it. Mm, Yum, 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 yum. Soda burger. (laughs) Soda burger. I don't even know what to tell you. I think I uh, think we need to tell people <laughs> where it. they can find our other episodes. Where they can they find us and listen? I mean, they, we've got 150 of these things that they can go back and listen to. Is this our 150th? If, episode? This is our 150th episode. Oh, I think wow, that I wish they have done something big. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Don't worry about that. You know what? We'll do something big for 151. No one does that. We'll Soderberg it up. Soderberg. With all Soderberg all sequels. Oh, boy. No, I'm just joking. Does he have more sequels? I don't know. Did they make a traffic too? I don't I hope so. not. <laughs> Magic Mike. Magic Mike was is Steven Soderberg produced. It? Oh, it's he produced. He directed the first movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Just saying. Finally get in Magic Mike too. <laughs> That's what she said. The, um... But where can people listen to all 150 episodes if they want to binge them? So people... And they should do it all in one sitting? In one sitting. 
if you want to find us, you can find us at thedeucepodcast.podbean.com. You can find us at Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, any of those kind of podcatchers for the most part. Uh, you can also find us at nophonypodcastnetwork.com, which is our uh, podcast network page, along with a lot of our other uh, podcast mates. So things of all kinds of genres there. Uh, you can also find us on our Facebook page. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, and then, of course, you can find us on Twitter, at Deuce Podcast. There you go. Mm-hmm. So go do that. Listen to all the No Phony Podcast Network, uh, all their podcasts. Listen to them in one sitting as well. Um, but we'll leave you on that note. And remember, folks, I am Sparta Bass. And... The sequel is King.